Hello, everyone. This is PJ Williams from Conspiracy Pilled with a new segment that I'm calling Real Conspiracies. That's R-E-E-L, like as in real, as in movie real, because we're going to be talking about the hidden occult symbolism in movies, the revelation of the method, and the conspiracy-related messages and motifs in popular movies, as well as video games and books. But today, we're going to be talking about one of my favorite movies of all time, Inception. So Inception has been out for more than a decade. I think at this point, pretty much everyone has seen it. Again, it's one of the greatest movies ever made. If you haven't seen it, pause this, go watch it. It's absolutely worth watching. Uh, So we're not going to spend a lot of time going over the plot, going over what happened. Because again, I think you guys have seen it. And there's a few spots where I'll probably remind you of things that happened just to make my point. Um, But I want to get into what Inception is really about. And there's a lot of ideas around this. And I think the answer ultimately is that it's about all of these things but i want to talk about often pretty much never talked about concept or idea behind what i think inception is really about at least in part some of the things people talk about it being about is the power of dreams the need for human catharsis the creation of meaning throughout a culture through media as well as in my mind at least with the love story in this what levels of insanity are we willing to endure for love And it really, again, it's about all of that and more, but everybody seems to get hung up on the ending and the theories around the ending. So we'll we'll go through that really quickly, but it's not really what this is about. In the end of the movie, Cobb completes the job. He implants an idea into Fisher's mind and he's able to go home to his family. His charges are cleared. And when he gets home to see his children, he, again, in his dream state, is never able to see their faces. He can remember his kids, but there's just something blocking him from the full memories. And he also says this to Maul that he can't remember her with all her complexities, with all of her perfections and her imperfections and all that. So he never sees his kids faces. And when he gets home, the kids are playing in the yard and it looks like the exact same memory that he had leaving them. So already there's this idea like, Oh no, is he really in the real world or not? And then the kids turn around, you see their faces and the audience takes a breath and goes, okay, he's in the real world. But just to make sure, he spins the totem, which is Maul's totem, which is the top. And you see the top spinning, and he walks away from it. He actually doesn't even watch if the top is going to topple over, which is interesting because I think what it's saying in part is that he doesn't care if he lives in reality or not anymore. He's just happy to be there with his kids. At least that's the way some people interpret it. He's just overtaken by the fact that he's seeing his kids. He's seeing their faces. He's home. But the camera decides to focus in on the top and the camera swoops in and zooms down and you watch the top spinning and in the movie, whenever the top is spinning, if it never topples over, this is an indication that they are still in the dream world. This was Maul's idea is that if it kept spinning, she knew she was in the dream. If it topples over and we see this happen a few times throughout the movie, he knows he's back in reality and we see the top. It wobbles. So we think it's going to fall over. We think we're going to get the good happy ending and then it stabilizes and the movie cuts. And a lot of people really get hung up on this ending saying that he's obviously still in the dream world and it's bad ending. I never got hung up on it for a few reasons. I, first of all, I never thought that was the case, but there is something more important that we'll get to at the end of this. But just to explain kind of where I came at this from is that the top is actually Maul's totem, right? This, the totem that lets us know that Cobb is in reality or in the dream is not the top. He's doing it 
I, I, I would, some people would argue in memory of his wife. But what you'll notice is that when he's in the dream world, he's wearing his wedding ring. When he's in reality, he's not. And in this final scene, we see he's not wearing the wedding ring. Therefore, he must be in reality. The other indication is kind of something I found on IMDb that nobody ever talks about, which is that the kids are listed at different ages. So even though we're constantly seeing the backs of their heads, the time we see their face, at least according to IMDb and what I've been able to gather, these are actually different actors, which is a kind of a dead giveaway that this is reality. And at least what I used to think was the reason that the scene cuts was not to leave you with confusion, but to simulate waking up from a dream because that's how you enter dreams. You enter dream in the middle of it. You wake up in the middle of it. You generally don't get an ending and then the credits rolling all that. It's just cuts, right? So this is simulating waking up from a dream. The movie's over. But I think that's all just surface to what this movie is really about. And one of the things that I have not seen almost anybody talk about with what this movie is really about, and there's all kinds of there's all kinds of theories. There's actually no shortage of theories. You can spend all day on Reddit. But to find this particular theory, I think I read it one time. I went back to find any information on it and found pretty much nothing at all. So I'm not saying I'm the first one with this theory, but I, I couldn't find other people talking about it online. And that is that this movie is actually about MK Ultra. And the first indication that this movie is about MK Ultra is this scene where Arthur explains where the dream machines come from in the first place in that they were developed by the United States government. That's why the military developed dream sharing. It was a training program for soldiers to shoot and stab and strangle each other and then wake up. And in some promotional material for the film, you can find out this was a project called Project Somasin and that the Dream machines are a device called a passive device, or P-A-S-I-V, which stands for Portable Automated Somasin Intravenous Device. And in my theory, again, so the device was developed by the government, which would make us think that Somasin was also developed by the government. I think that Somasin is a stand-in for LSD, LSD being a psychedelic drug made by the United States government, and it was used and has been used before and since to go to, quote, other worlds. That, as we will talk about in a minute, has become also popular among people who are wishing to free their minds, even though that LSD was originally developed and created by the government to enslave the minds and make better soldiers. But we'll get back to that in just a minute. When they go into this dream state, this LSD dream world, they have to come out of it. And that is one of our first kind of occult symbols that I found very interesting in this movie is the bathtub. So there's this thing called the kick where they have to experience falling and then the falling wakes them up as it would in real life uh, coming out of a dream. But this particular kick in the first place is kind of unnecessary um, because all you need is the feeling of falling, yet he's kicked into a bathtub. And if you're familiar with occult symbolism, the bathtub is used in all kinds of movies and especially music videos to symbolize a portal, right? It's going into and coming out of uh, a portal. And oftentimes the water would be representation of the age of Aquarius. So waking up into a new superior reality or the new age of enlightenment is this portal concept. And it's very interesting that that is so prominently in this movie again, unnecessarily. So you actually don't need the bathtub at all for the kick to work. The next thing is that the dreams themselves are like LSD trips. They're not just like normal dreams. And one of the first indications of this are the fractal patterns. Something you'll hear from people who are on LSD or taking LSD trips is the constant seeing of fractal patterns, even when they see clockwork elves and, and machine elves and whatever else you, you know, deities or beings on the other side of the veil of LSD, they're very fractal. And you see the fractal patterns in this scene in Paris where Ariadne is first 
learning to architect the dream space. And she literally folds the city in on itself. And we see a kind of a very trippy, it made it into the trailers. It's a very, it's a scene in the movie that really sticks with you where you get this real fractal pattern like thing. We see it again on the bridge as she's moving the mirrors and seeing, you know, these repeating fractal shapes and patterns and things like that. The other thing is time dilation is talked about a lot. It's a central plot point to the movie. And time dilation is something that all LSD users will talk about experiencing that uh, days turn into weeks or months or years. And it just feels like time stretches out infinitely on and on forever. And of course, there is some time dilation in dreams. You could fall asleep for five minutes and, and dream something that took much, much longer. So I'm not saying it couldn't just be a dream thing. But there are a lot of other little indications that keep pointing us back to LSD, as I'll point out. The other one is the Somasin machine again, the passive machine, the LSD high-tech paraphernalia is what it looks like. These people are laying passed out as if they're microdosing on LSD with a needle in their arm. And what really makes me think that this is the case is when they meet Yusuf, also known as the chemist. And in the back of his shop where he's developing this LSD like material. And there's a few times throughout the movie where you'll see the Somasin in a little vial, a dropper that looks exactly like an LSD dropper, but he's got all these people in the back who are laying on mats hooked up to the dream machine, hooked up to the passive device, hooked up to drugs. And this was a thing. I don't know if I, I think it was a thing at the time, but it's definitely become much more popular since then is this idea of psychedelic retreats. And in places like Jamaica and other countries where psychedelics are not illegal, people will literally go on retreats. They will lay on a mat all day. They will have a needle in their arm and they'll be microdosing ayahuasca, psilocybin, LSD, MDMA. It's just dripped in tiny amounts in their arm constantly in little doses that keep them in a dream world for the entirety of their trip. So Again, go to Jamaica and why experience Jamaica when you can talk to clockwork elves and things like that. But this is a growing thing. People are actually going instead of on retreats to it's weird because some of this is like I said in Jamaica and other kind of exotic resort areas. And instead of enjoying a trip in the real world, they are going to spend their entire trip in the world of their imagination or in this alternative reality. This thing that some people believe is more real than the real world, which is a big part of this movie. And what's interesting about the movie is we'll come back to this in a minute, but it's not talked about as a negative thing. In fact, he's told, who are you to say that their reality is not as real as your reality? They come here every day to sleep. No. They come to be woken up. The dream has become the reality. Who are you to say otherwise? The next thing that brings us back into this idea of this being about MKUltra in particular, and not just LSD, is psychic driving. So in the 1950s and 1960s, the CIA funded a Canadian-run lab by Dr. Donald Ewan Cameron to study this concept called psychic driving. And in psychic driving, they would use a paralytic drug, much like in the psychedelic retreat lab of Yusuf the Chemist. They would use a paralytic drug and they would subdue patients and repeat ideas and phrases and concepts to them literally to implant ideas into their heads. And what they realized and the reason psychic driving was so important to the MK Ultra program was that they couldn't implant ideas into people's heads unless they could go deep enough into the subconscious. They also had to empty the subconscious and fill it with something else, which was the whole point. There's a whole lot of of torture involved in MK Ultra and psychic driving is one of those things. There's uh, shock therapy and all kinds of stuff. But in the movie Inception, 
it's not quite as torturous, but what they're doing is that they are removing the ideas of the Mark of Fisher. They're removing the ideas he has about his father. They're removing the ideas that he's built up around his life, his business, his uncle, his relationships. And then they're going deeper and deeper into the subconscious to plant a new idea that will grow. This is psychic driving. This is exactly what it was. And in fact, what they found in psychic driving was that it was positive, cathartic experiences that lasted and implanted the most into the subject's mind. And in the movie, they use a pinwheel. In the movie Inception, they use a pinwheel as a representation for his childhood in psychic driving and in other MK Ultra projects. They would use the Wizard of Oz or a positive childhood experience with a movie in order to implant ideas and triggers and things like that to literally perform inception on their subjects through, again, paralytic drugs, psychedelics, removing of old concepts and implanting new concepts, generally a childhood-like concept. Wizard of Oz in the movie, it's a pinwheel. Now, some people will say that inception is not about LSD in particular or psilocybin or MK Ultra at all, that it's just a metaphor for drug addiction. And in one interview with Leonardo DiCaprio, he made the point of saying that he and Christopher Nolan wanted Cobb to come across as some as someone in the throes of withdrawal. And he said, quote, this was a substance fanatic, a guy with a dependency on the dream state, a man who was escaping reality at all costs. This was a journey for him to come to the truth of that. Now, you could say that Inception is not maybe about MKUltra, that's just a metaphor for drugs in general, and that when Cobb decides to wake up and get sober and kick his habit, he can come home to his kids. And this is why Maul was never able to come home, because she was never able to kick the habit. She became completely addicted to the dream world. She became completely addicted to the drugs, right, to living in this alternate reality. And she chose to live in the alternate reality rather than to come home to her own kids. My problem with this theory is not that it's, again, like all the other theories, like it being about memes, and I don't mean it in the internet sense, but in mimesis, the idea of ideas spreading through a culture over time, or the ideas of, again, the enduring love and and the depths of psychosis that you'll go for the people you love is in Cobb and Maul's relationship. It's not that all of these ideas are not true. I think they're all true to to a degree. My problem with the general drug theory and it not being MKUltra at all is that you have to ignore all the other and often less subtle references to psychedelics in particular and to the government history of psychedelics and their purpose. So this brings me back to the ending. So this is the thing that everybody gets caught up on. And I think it actually is important. I give you my theory. What I originally thought about the ending, I was thinking about this purely in a dream way because I have always been obsessed with the idea of dreams. And I think that's part of the reason that this was so fascinating to me. And it wasn't till again, more recently with the show and other things, diving into the history of MK ultra, diving into the talking to people about psychedelics, talking to people about the hat man and clockwork elves and Nephilim and, and all of that stuff that I'm really seeing this for not just being a, a dream movie. So the ending, the important thing about the ending is that there is an idea that infected Maul. An idea is like a virus, resilient, highly contagious. And the smallest seed of an idea can grow. It can grow to define or destroy you. And the idea was that her world was not real. And the idea, I think, was not just planted in her mind. I think the idea was planted in the minds of the audience. And we can see this because for over a decade, the wobbling top, the same symbol that Cobb used to 
perform inception on Maul to plant the idea in her head that would grow like a cancer is the same symbol that the movie ends with. It is planted doubt in the audience for a decade or more that Cobb was not even in the real world. Now, the question is, will the idea stay growing in the minds of those who are affected on a deep subconscious level by this movie as it did in Maul's? I would argue yes. And one of the biggest and the reason I would argue yes is that one of the biggest growing conspiracy concepts in the last decade is that we live in a simulation, that our world is not real, that we live in a prison planet. And since the prison planet is a central idea to the Freemason, Kabbalistic, Gnostic religion that the elites in Hollywood all participate in, I'd say that that was exactly the point and that the inception from this movie and from other movies like The Matrix is working all too well, that they have planted this idea that our world is not real and that in order to be happy, all we have to do is to go into the pod and eat the bugs and take the LSD and then, and again, that's the part nobody's talking about, that we can live in the pod, eat the bugs, take the LSD, and then, and only then, can we own nothing and be happy. I went deep into the recess of her mind and found that secret place. I broke in and I planted an idea. A simple little idea that would change everything. That her world wasn't real. I really hope you enjoyed this new segment of our show called Real Conspiracies. Let us know what book or movie or video game you would like us to delve into to talk about the revelation of the method, the occult symbolism, the conspiracy motifs and ideas behind all of the popular media. And again, don't forget to check out our full show, Conspiracy Pill, which streams every Wednesday night at 7.03 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Have a great night, everyone. God bless.